G'day ladies and gents, welcome to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast and YouTube channel. Matty Michael here, back for another instalment. Now, step number one, buy a fucking shirt at lifeofminepodcast.com forward slash shop. Brand new batch of originals in, they are hot to trot. Step two, make your teenage kids or your partner or your friends or whoever is important in your life listen to this episode because it's about how drug use can go tragically wrong. And both Rod Bridge and Dr. Peter Wardman from Side Effect kindly joined me for this very powerful conversation. Now, Rod Bridge was the founder of Side Effect as a result of a massive tragedy in his family's life. His son, Preston, heartbreakingly passed away at the age of 16 after taking a synthetic form of LSD called 25INBOMI. It's just so sad, but from this event, Rod has dedicated his life to preventing this happening to another family, and that's what Side Effect does. From having little to no experience or knowledge of the drug industry, Rod then went to the extreme of posing as a major drug, drug trafficker and went to China to find more about where these synthetic drugs are manufactured and distributed from. It's fucking unbelievable to watch this footage and you'll see it in the YouTube video of this episode. We had a great yarn about drug awareness in general and but a realistic yarn. Tell, telling everyone not to take drugs ever in your life and expecting people are gonna follow your advice is just fucking stupid because it's never gonna happen. But hopefully Rod's experience, Peter's knowledge, and even my own previous downfalls can be enough to steer people in the right direction towards getting off the gear or whatever you might want to get out of your life. So no point saying I hope you enjoy this episode because I know you will. It's very impactful, down to earth, and make sure you check out what Side Effect's all about at www.sideeffect.org.au. That's one E in the Side Effect, by the way, S-I-D-E-F-F-E-C-T. I couldn't recommend getting them to your mind side enough or organisation or wherever you are. It's unreal. I've seen it myself. It's one of the best presentations I've ever seen. So, let's bloody get into it. Right. I love the credentials. We've got the, we're going to drop some credentials here. Do, is it Dr. Peter Dr. Peter Wardman? Wardman yeah. For, you might be the first doctor I've ever had on it. <laughs> well, don't ask for mouth to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> don't stick the bloody tongue in, for Christ's sake. And, and Rod Bridge. Welcome, yeah. lads. I was a, a very fortunate witness of your presentation at Jundee. Uh, absolutely unreal. One of the best. I've seen a lot of mine site presos. And it is uh, by far at least one of the best, if not the best one I've seen. Oh, thanks, uh, man. Appreciate that. That's absolutely good. loved it. I will, I'll, for everyone that hasn't, because obviously uh, everyone hasn't hasn't seen the Prezzo, but uh, I'll reverse the order in a way. of. Um, now, what's the price of 25 i you, you want this one? 25 i yeah. Price, of price on that one, yeah. Okay. About $6,300. This is you being presenting as a major crime boss. It just, it, 
it was un- unbelievable like, yeah. the way you did the presentation and 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 it pops into this bit and we're just like where, where's all this shit come from <laughs> right well first um we'll go we'll go i guess we can go back to the the start and tell the the story of how how this is all ended up. Came about yeah yeah, it's, yeah well you know it's not one of those stories that you know that you'd, you'd like to live through but you know in preston's case it was his year 12 school ball um for some reason, at the beginning of the year, the school did it on a Friday night, two weeks after they came back from Christmas holidays. I couldn't work that out because that just gave the kids a license to run amok for the whole weekend. So, you know, he had his ball, um, looking a million dollars with his with his good-looking girlfriend, and uh, early hours of the morning, one of these kids gave him a, a you know, a synthetic drug, um, now known to be 2,5-IM bone. Preston took it at 4.30 in the morning and, uh, you know, got to a point around about 10 o'clock. Uh, his mates were saying he was acting a little bit weird. Um, he was talking a, a foreign language and they couldn't understand what the language was. Um, and he was getting a bit frustrated because getting a bit angry because they couldn't work it out. So um, the last kid there went downstairs to go and get some help to come back to try and make sure Pres was okay. And whilst he was going downstairs, they heard a, a scream and a bang and, yeah, ended up on the driveway. So... Yeah, pretty pretty sad sort of state of affairs, but you know you got to you got to bounce back in life and you know try and try and recover from it, and that's what you know we do now. Um, the, the the saving grace for me is that I actually have a mission to want to educate kids in the in the in the schools about the dangers of just not making that stupid one mistake. That's all. But it's so uh, we we had a good yarn about it all before. It's um. Like you know, drug like you, you'd be just beating a dead horse trying to tell people not to take drugs. It's just so prevalent in society. Um, and but when you did that presentation, which was about what like, like Preston took a, a synthetic form of LSD, this two five I M Bomi. It's like I, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. Um, and I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah, well, mate, when I got told, when I got told um, by one of the kids that that. Um, that Preston had been given a drug by, by one of his schoolmates and it was called 25IM Bohm and he got it from Silk Road, which is another story. You know, Silk Road's the website that, um, you know, the kids were buying drugs from and luckily it's been closed down now. But uh, when he told me Silk Road, um, I was trying to work out, you know, what suburb that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a road somewhere. Yeah, naturally. And then I got talking with the, um, the coroner's investigators and I mentioned the word Silk Road and they just about shat themselves. And they said, my God, Silk Road? That's a website where you buy drugs from. And I said, mate, you can't buy drugs from a website. Yeah. Anyway, after several sort of minutes of discussion, I said, well, why don't you just close the site down? And the comical part about this was they said, well, the software is so intricate, you actually can't shut the website down. It works on a different onion rings and all this sort of language they were using. And I said, are you trying to tell me you can't shut a website down, but you can put people on the moon? Yeah. I said, I find that very hard to believe. Anyway, we then talked about 25IM Bohm and, Lo and behold, they piped up and said that's a synthetic drug that's manufactured in, you know, overseas in China and it's uh, supposed to mimic the effect of acid. Well, I didn't realise there was any – it's not possible. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So that's how it all started. And then uh, lucky enough, um, we were enough, we're lucky enough to expose the whole story about synthetic drugs and then that took another different – went to a different level then. Because with the – where the- – well, other people using that as well. It's two five I M B. I gather Preston yeah. wasn't the only person. No, look at with look this. The, the the problem was one of the kids that gave it to him. He actually got it off the Silk Road website. Um, 
and they experimented with it. And I don't know if this kid had taken it before, but he gave it to four kids. And out of the four of them, two of them got violently ill and had to go home. And the fourth one was, last time they saw him, he was walking down Scarborough Beach Road. Um, Preston, unfortunately, when he took it, um, he had an adverse reaction. And they always say that, that now I've found that 2,5-IM bone being a synthetic form of LSD, it's, a, it's, it's, it's chemicals. And it looks to me, or the way they explained it, was that every person's body temperament's different. Um, and if you take it, it has a different reaction. And unfortunately, Preston hallucinated and thought he could fly. That's, that was the outcome of it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's fucking tragic. Um, oh, um, yeah. Oh, I, the natural reaction is a fart. That's the worst thing. Your natural reaction is to you feel a bit selfish a lot, but you empathise if it's your own children. That's what's so hard yeah, yeah. hearing those stories. Um, it's it's just tragic. But to have a bit of a voice now with guys like yourself and like mm. you, and this is a medium to actually hopefully raise some awareness that this, as I said, I didn't fucking know. I'll take, as full disclosure, I took shitloads of drugs. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, uh, once I had kids, I haven't. I didn't, I didn't know this existed, uh, and I reckon a lot of people don't. Mm. Um, because Peter was your like your background, everything's very drug orientated. Your edu PH, the doctor in education and everything, yeah. Well, it was based not uh, background in using yeah, it well, as, as, a, <laughs> as, a school, as a school principal, and uh, uh, obviously, that was at some of the larger schools in Sydney and Melbourne and, and in Perth. There, there, the problems were, were just uh, just starting at the end of my career, was just starting to uh. To really hit um, and and really, it's uh, we we found out. I found out that parents were knowing it, they knew nothing about it. So I mean, in your situation, you've participated in drug use, so you know a little bit little bit about them, and and to advise your kids. But parents at the schools have no idea, and that's one of the reasons why Rod has devised this game situation that can go into the schools as part of the syllabus, but the most important thing is getting the parents to do it with their child as well. To bring them up to date on what's happening, and uh, and as Rod said, you're a parent. You've brought the child into this world. It's your responsibility to make sure they get to a certain age where they can make their own and make good decisions. And that's part of what we're about is making good choices in life. Yeah, it's um because that. Doesn't mean that you're going to like when you say like schools in Sydney and Perth, like your city schools people paying, um, you know, paying big money to yeah. send their kids to private schools and stuff. Doesn't mean they're fucking protected from drug use. That's probably it's even worse there because a lot of kids no, and families yeah. have got money. Yeah, yeah, not at all. It's a, uh, it's a d different, uh, it's a different situation, and 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 probably uh, it's it's a lot easier for kids in affluent um, suburbs and that sort of thing to ac access it. It's a lot easier. Uh, to get, um, and the qu the quality is probably a lot better mm. that, that they're getting. Well, say I've seen a lot of people, a lot of kids come out of uh, fifty thousand dollar year private schools with cocaine addictions. Mm. It's, uh, mm. and, and well, it's quite amazing. With um, I don't know, we've got to over hundred and five thousand kids last year in the schools. Yeah, and we found that um, a lot of the private ones, schools, the, the well-to-do ones, are mostly the ones that got the biggest problem. Well, what's their what what what's your vibe in the crowd when you're presenting to these schools? Are they uh, are they a bit uh, what are you getting mixed no. mixed vibe? Or Mate, we got we get we get the complete. I mean, what we get is we get full attention. I know we did one up in Armadale recently, 
and uh, and the coordinator or the councillor said, look, you know, there's going to be 750 kids in the room, but, you know, there's a fair chance half of them will walk out sometime during your presentation. So just want to let you know it's not you, It's this is what they do. Um, yeah, finished the presentation. Um, I must have shaken hands with about 400 of them and not one kid left the room. Yeah. So we get that reaction everywhere we go because it's it's important that when you talk to the kids, you actually have to come, you have to be on their level. And the only way to be on their level is to actually get them to participate in a true story. And that's what it is. Yeah. You know, I could be a teacher, Pete could get up there and do a presentation about drugs. But if you talked about 2,5-I, talked about cannabis or synthetic cannabis or anything like that, and he didn't have a story behind it, the kids would start throwing things at him. In my situation, I get up and just tell the true story, and that's all they need to know. Yeah. And the true story is taking drugs or participating in drugs when you don't know what you're taking is flaunts with danger. Because how does 2,5-I present? What, what, is it, what does it look like? It's a little 2,5-I is about a 10 mil by 10 mil blotting paper. The one that took the Preston took was white, and it had the singer Sai, the singer that does that Gangnam style song, yep. had his face on it, and that was yeah. it. So it's similar to a um, like a tab. It's a, ta- a tab. tab of LSD. Like LSD tab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. But and, the, and that's the thing you don't know. You don't know that's the because it presents the same as a, a tab of LSD. Mm. You don't know it's the synthetic form well, you know, of it's it. It's just like just like if you're taking a pill, you think you're taking an, an ecky. Mm. It's got MDMA in it, but how the hell would you know what's in it? Mm. The only person that knows what goes in drugs these days is the person that makes it. Well, it's a it's it's a statistical thing, and like, like drug use is so prevalent. Like, yeah, and you just assume that you know oh, it's just like every other drug, but it's that one percent chance that something yeah. might go really wrong. Um, ecstasy the same, MDMA is the same, especially now. Like, oh. The, you don't know what's you don't know what's going no, on right. in it these these days. Well, we were told the other day by one of the leading experts that um, meth is so expensive now. People are going back to MDMA, um, and they're finding out now that the MDMA is like a hundred percent pure. Yeah. So people are taking more than they normally take, thinking that they would get the same reaction, but it's actually worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And we've got reports from you know leading scientists that deal with us and. Some of the shit they're finding in bloody samples from mining companies is just out of control. Well, isn't it like they fucking put glass in it to actually cut yeah. your insides to, like, so it releases quicker into your bloodstream yeah. on a yeah. minute level? Out of glass, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the, how big of a problem is this synthetic side of things with um, getting imported from China and everything? We'll go, we'll go into your whole China journey later, but uh, <laughs> how, how much is this actually happening? To it without more, I don't well, have much it's, knowledge it's massive. of it. The synthetic side, especially, we you have to explain with, with your listeners that you have a, such things like an illicit drug, which is like your heroin, your cocaine's. Then you've got a research chemical drug. So anything that's synthetic is normally manufactured with chemicals. Yep. So for an example, methamphetamine ice. People think, yeah, great, it's got pseudoephedrine in it, which is the releases the codeine. But they don't realise then that it's made with battery acid, hydrochloric acid, rat poison, Drano, phosphorus, lime, kerosene, and you've got these hillbillies making these bloody concoctions out in their backyard, in the mm. laundry, on their, you know, one, one story I get, one was making it in the tent on the Swan River. So mm. you've got to sit back and you think, well, you talk about quality, but then there's the other side, which is a research chemical, and a research chemical is actual chemicals manufactured to mimic the effect of other substances. So you've got 
Three CMC is mimics the effect of heroin. Four CMC is cocaine. APVP is the synthetic cannabis. Then you've got two five I, which mimics supposed to mimic effective acid. Yeah. But you're trying to tell me these people out there making it a mm. bloody rocket scientist? No. Yeah. They've got no idea. And the, and the problem is, it's uh, they're using it as fillers uh, for for the other drugs. So to, yeah. to, to make it to get get that extra high, they're topping it up with the synthetic drug, and that's and that's the problem. Well, it's a, and you said that that two five I on the sixty minutes prezo the the, um, the expert you're talking to said it's sixty times more well, potent than the morphine. The, yeah. 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 So and then, but then there. What did he say? Five grains of salt is one hit. Five, no, five grains of salt will kill you. Yeah, yeah. equivalent of five grains of salt. So the, me- the measurement, the the uh, error error margin of error for measuring when oh, they're making this mate, could yeah. be just oh. like fucking. Mate, there's one story over in America where a guy tried some of this three CMC, which is the which is the research chemical equivalent to cocaine. They reckon he put a line of it on the table and then snorted it. And by the time you got to the end of the line, he dead before he hit the ground. Oh, really? Yeah, because he actually thought it, that's how much you take with cocaine. Mm. Thought the same thing with his synthetic one, but the ad, you know, equivalent was most probably supposed to be five or six grains mm. of salt. Well, that's the biggest danger mm. with cocaine, especially in um, like Australia, because it's chopped up so much. Like I don't, wouldn't even know the purity levels would be just minuscule yeah. what you what you get in, a, in, yeah. in Australia. But uh, so you. You know, for people that have used yeah. cocaine, you're having a good fucking chunk of it to get a hit out of it. You go do that with something purity or synthetic, you're dead before yeah, you know. That's right. It's, um, and, and what's and you know, as we say to the to the kids when we when we lecture to them, you know, you might not show any effects of that on you and your body in a week or a year or two years time, but that one hit that you could have could could the effects could come back and bite you on the ass in five years time. Mm. A lot of surveys mm. done over in the UK and the states. Some of these kids that have smoked synthetic cannabis, something like thirty-seven percent of them had bleeding on the brain. Oh, really? And when you have bleeding on the brain, which is basically like an aneurysm, um, you know, it might not appear for five years, but you know, you just you just don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, that that was a craze there. That was a big craze in the mining industry. I know that chronic the synthetic cannabis because yeah. there wasn't a piss test for it. Everyone's yeah. like, everyone thinks they win the lottery once you got yeah. something that you can't get drug tested yeah. for. And of course, you know how they make synthetic cannabis. No. <laughs> okay. Well, remember we talked about APVP research chemical. Yeah. Oh, because they're titled a research chemical. Okay. Yep. So the AP APVP, it's also known around the world as the zombie drug, bar salts, yeah, um, yep. flacker. So um, yeah. So they mix that with acetone. So they liquefy it with acetone, uh, and they spray it on any herbal plant. And once they spray it, they dry it, they shred it, and then that's what you smoke. The problem is, it's a bit like if you're spraying a car. If you go over the same spot two or three times by accident, you're going to get three times the strength of it in one spot. Yeah, right. You dry it out and you're smoking it. So from oh. one day to the next, you've got no idea what, you, what you're consuming. Oh, so they're, they're, that's – yeah, right. There you go. So they're just literally turning any plant into marijuana. Yeah, so like it's, a, a it's, it's any herbal form. plant. Yeah. So the acetone works as a masking agent. So you can imagine when you put acetone on a car, it peels the paintwork off. Yeah. You put acetone with the APVP, it actually sinks into the plant matter and it takes the APVP chemical with it. Yeah. Then once you dry it, it actually stays inside the plant matter, mm, and that's yeah. what you're consuming. Well, it's the uh, – how long after the tragedy with Preston did you choose to go down this path, the <laughs> the, the path of going well, to China? Well, going to China was most probably something that I thought about pretty quickly. I mean, I was watching a, 
story. Uh, I was watching the documentary that they did um, about synthetic drugs, and and uh, after Preston died, about three months after he passed away, I was actually renovating a cafe that we were, we were going to set up. So I was pretty busy doing that. And then I was watching a program um, early morning, and it was about a young boy called Henry Kwan who, who – um, Took a substance called two five IM bone, which is the same one Preston took. The one in Sydney was yeah, yeah. And he stripped naked and then ran past his mum and then just flew, just jumped off the balcony. So I knew at that point in time that there's this is not a, a one off. This is this is something extremely serious. So then I sort of just kept checking on two five IM bone and and one afternoon I think I had a couple of glasses of wine or several glasses of wine and I remember going online and having a look at two five IM bone China and up came all these websites. So. I made contact with a couple of them and I just got talking to them about the drugs, about, you know, how much they can supply and how much it is. And, and they, were, they were just so open about it. Um, and then I had a little light bulb moment and thought, I'll bugger it. So I organised to, to meet up with them over in China and I said, I'll come over the next month when I'm on business and I want to come and pay you a visit and talk serious dollars and serious volumes. And yeah, right. That's what I did. And that, what spurred that anger? Like, it was anger. Every you know, my daughter and some other people have used the word revenge, but I mean, I wasn't out for revenge. I mean, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that this is not going to happen to any other family. That you know, I, I suffer every day, and so does my daughter. So I don't want this to happen to anybody else. And, and I think if I can, and sort of slow the stream down or decrease the demand, you know, we might have had a, a chance of winning. You know, and and I think we have. I think we've certainly made a difference. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want those little bastards to get away with it either. Well, did, did you, was there much going on from, like, whether it was government or any other organisations that were trying to stop this no. shit coming in? Did, is that, did you feel like there was a bit of a... Well, when I, as I've told a lot of people, and, and it sort of doesn't get exposed a great deal in the media, but I did that trip twice. I went to China the first time on my own, and the second time I went with 60 Minutes crew. And the reason for that is when I went the first time, I came back with... A whole pile of photographs and video of actually of what I'd taken, what I'd seen, and I had um, companies that were supplying it. I had addresses where they were distributing it out of a warehouse, which I thought was a warehouse, but was actually a two-bedroom flat. Right. Um, and I had all the times they came in, how they how they pack it, to sneak it in, how they disguise it, what times they send it in in the middle early hours of the morning, so the customs don't detect it. I gave that to the. Minister of um, Border Control here in those days it was uh, Michael Keenan, and um, he said, "Thanks very much. I'll get onto this." And that was the last thing. That's the last thing I heard. Yeah. So when the sixty minutes one came up, um, the guy who was the director of Silk Road, Ross Albrook, he got um, he got caught in the sa- in the San Francisco Library, um, you know, online with his with his Silk Road um, business. And uh, when they called him, they contacted me. The radio stations contacted me for a comment, and I burst into tears, thinking this guy's been caught. Thank God, you know, it's not going to happen again. Um, then they wanted to fly us over to New York to give an impact statement to the judge. So my ex-wife now, she went over there because they thought me going over there wasn't a good idea because I might smack him in the mouth. So, mm. And I've always blamed him for Preston's death because he was the one that facilitated the sale of the 2-5-I-M bone that killed his life, that took his life. So I blame him for it, no one else. Still do? Still do, absolutely. I mean, yeah. this guy set up a website that allowed people to sell drugs and buy drugs and not be identified who they are. So as far as I'm concerned, he could have 
you know, you could have a terrorist out there having 10 sugar tablets and putting a dose of cyanide on them yeah. and sending them in the mail to some kid who thinks it's, um, you know, ecstasy. Well, that, that, that's the most dangerous thing is, like, it's like a double whammy. Kids, or anyone like under 18, their awareness is just minimal, drug, yeah. drug awareness, life experience, but it's it's um the financial side. So you, you go online and there's, oh, fuck me, we can get this synthetic sh- bloody cocaine or ecstasy or LSD, cheap as fuck, um, beautiful. Yeah. It's just like the, that, that's that's the word, that's why it's so dangerous for- Well, the one with Preston, for an example, he bought it off Silk Road website. He paid uh, $20 for 10 of them, and if you buy 10, you get one free. Uh, so for the sake yeah. of a for the $1.75, it took his life. Yeah. And that also, I saw on the- um, that's the 60 minutes thing about the the cost like when you were over there price on that one yeah okay I'm to say $6,300 for a kilo for a kilo mm-hmm. yep so a kilo and that was about 6300 US and it would return you it would make some somewhere in the vicinity of 45,000 hits yeah at at the market place here, 20 bucks each is what they were selling them for. So, and that could be, so people that are buying LSD now could could be that shit for all they know. Absolutely, like, yeah. yeah, of course. Because yeah. what's the um, the non-synthetic form of LSD? Like, is there, is there an, how does LSD work? Well, L- LSD is obviously one that, um, uh, it's, it's chemical based. Yeah. It's all, chem- it's all chemical based. There's no natural products in, L- in LSD. Yeah. Um, as I said before, heroin, cocaine has a different way. It's got poppies and stuff. But this research chemical stuff is just taken over. I'm, I'm, I remember guys that I grew up with taking trips of this LSD shit. You know, you couldn't come down for two days. Nah. You know? It's, but when, when you're in chi- this China trip, mm-hmm. as you said, like some, it's, um, did you have any fear like, like that you weren't coming back? Um, we'll put it this way. Um, I, I don't say this too often, but to be honest with you, when I went on my own, I felt safe. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. When I went with the 60 Minutes crew, I wasn't too sure if I was going to come out of there alive because, you know, once again, you've got too many, you've got so many people involved and you're actually not in control of your own destiny. Yeah, right. And that's what bothered me because they were pulling cameras out on, you know, train stations and at one stage where, you know, it, we're on the side of a lake on a road and there's police cameras in the trees and, and I'm sitting there thinking, uh oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, if we get caught here, as I said to you earlier, Matt, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a plan B. Yeah, yeah. It was like if I got interviewed and they got interviewed, there's a fair chance we'd have been, we'd never see the light of day again. Yep, yep. So it's um, oh, it, did you? I guess did you when you when you went over there? Did you were you finding out sh- like because yeah, I, I suppose you had a half of idea reason to go over, but then did, when you come back, did you like? Yeah, eyes opened up even, I mean, even I more than believe, you thought. I thought I was a pretty pretty smart bloke when it comes to to stuff. But, you know, I got pushed into the, the drug awareness thing because of Preston's death. But when I went to China and saw that that how how blasé they were about making this stuff, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't said a lot. I think a couple of times, Pete, I've mentioned in presentations where, you know, one of the rooms I was in, um, you know, they had a they had a fifty litre drum of this stuff, and some of it was spilt on the floor, mm. and they were just sweeping it up with a dustpan and broom, mm. and then just writing numbers on the little tiny satchel bags, and they were sending out the mail with samples. 
So it's the like cross-contamination like was unbelievable. It's like a big eBay store, isn't it, by the sounds? Like they're just... Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's it's well, I, I class as an illegal eBay. Yeah. You know, um, with e- eBay, you know who the buyer and seller is, but with things like Silk Road, you don't know who the buyer and seller is. You have no idea. And you have no idea what they're selling. Yeah. No idea. You can call it whatever you like, but you don't know what it is. Well, uh, the presence of this synthetic side of things, like uh, when we say <laughs> you, you nearly can't, like we are talking about earlier, you you, you you're pretty hard pressed trying to tell the whole world stop taking drugs and and be yeah, and, and think it's never going to happen. Like it's it's to be, of course, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the I guess now the presence of all the synthetic forms of everything, like the the risk is just so much higher. You can't even like. Edu- educate how to safely take drugs nearly because you don't even know yep. that the lot like, that's not going to you're not going to be whacked mm. with a synthetic form of it that's going to kill you on the spot. Well, the question is, what is it? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And then, you know, I say to the students when we when we present to them, I said, you know, drug dealers aren't out here looking after your health. Nah, they're they're there looking after how much money they can make. Nah, and that's the reality of it. So, if they can make a, a cheaper version of it, or you know, and and make more money, well, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Uh, well, one of the things that Rod's come up with is uh, is a, come up with a, an app, the Drug Alert app, um, which certainly will help out and will partner in whatever we present to schools or mines or anywhere. But it's something that I think we mentioned it, uh, up at Jundee when we were there. But it's a, it's an app where that uh, anyone can download, and at any time we can when there's a dangerous drug in a certain area. We get information from government agencies and we can transmit that through the app yeah. and uh, their phone will buzz, for instance, if they're at a dance party or something like that and uh, there's a dangerous drug on the mic. We say, don't take this one, this could kill you. Yeah. So, And that could be flashed up on a screen um, or if you're at work. You know, these are the sort of things that you can access and mm. uh, it might be just for one certain area and we can uh, locate or send the app out to a per postcode. Yeah. So if we're in Jundee and the miners in Jundee and there's a certain uh, drug that's really a- attacking the market there, we can we can attack that area through the postcode. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, it's something that I think Rod's uh, really passionate about this one, and uh, and and we're, we've got great feedback uh, on the trip uh, when we're talking to schools about it. Mm. I think it's just, uh, and and especially parents as well. They they want to know a little bit more about it as well. Yeah, well, especially because, as I said, I, I don't know half the shit that's out there now. And imagine parents that have like haven't a, a mm. complete generation ago. Yeah. these synthetic forms. Like there was another that is it fentanyl, the one that oh yeah, fucking <laughs> drop of it will bloody kill you. Well, yeah. they know. I talked to a drug expert a while ago, and he's he said that's their one of their biggest fears of that shit yeah. making it into Australia. It's, um, well, it's here now. So I think fentanyl was responsible um, sixty four thousand deaths in America last year. Yeah, and that's the synthetic version too. So is that the synthetic? That's mimics heroin, does it? Uh, uh, well, they're mixing they're mixing fentanyl with heroin now to yeah. make to make the heroin go further, uh, which is the dangerous part because yeah. if you start mixing the synthetic or the research chemical version of fentanyl with heroin, that's 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 the killer. Yeah, but the worst one on the market is car fentanyl. Carfentanil is used for the tranquilizing of, rhino- of rhinoceros and elephant. Ah, right. So, yeah. That's so the bad Scale one. that down to a human, you're going to yeah, have a lot of problems. The, that's a yeah. bad one. Did you do, did you have much knowledge of the drug industry prior to this whole, uh, prior to Preston's death? And had absolutely no idea. Yeah. No idea. 
I knew about things like marijuana and eckies and stuff like that, but when it came down to effects and, you know, prices and stuff, I I was too busy working worrying about that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so th- has this everything been off your own back research yeah. to, to get to yeah. essentially be, <laughs> you'd call yourself an expert in the yeah. field now. Yeah. yeah no, no degree sitting in the front of my name, but no. mate, you know, certainly- uh, I'm certainly capable to take on any experts in the drug field about, yep. about what I know. And I mean, you know, obviously being face to face and in the you know the forefront of of you know the manufacturers and seeing it manufactured and and that and you know Google's a wonderful thing because you can learn a lot from there. But um, you know, it's okay to have a massive knowledge about it, but it's how do you how do you portray that knowledge to everybody by doing it the right way? Yeah, you know, we talk about parents, we talk about kids at school. You know, we found from the Pilbara Regional Tour that we just finished, you know, kids have a problem with drugs, but the biggest problem with the kids up there are the parents because the parents are the ones that are that are out of control, not the kids. Mm. They're just, they're just um, seeing what mum and dad do and they don't see any different. Yeah. Um, so until you change the mindset of the parents, you're not going to change anything. No, that's it. It's, um, yeah, I suppose you've got you to gotta, gotta lead by example, don't you? It's, um, well, as I said to you before, mate, you know, when you when you bring a child into this world, the child doesn't have any say in it. Yeah, well, that's all I always said. You want, to, you want to stop stop taking drugs, go have some kids. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, bloody that's sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one thing that Rod, Rod, one advantage of Rod's presentation to the kids is, well, it's certainly, a you know, the video and then the question and answer period afterwards. But but it's the follow the next section where we invite the kids to, if you're a bit embarrassed, to uh, ask a question Rod's available now and Rod just stays on and on and on and people are – and so he's finding out just fantastic information yeah, from just touching yep. base. Some lovely kids just come up at the end and, uh, and and just pour their heart out and some of the stories are, mm. are horrendous. Yeah. Uh, but he, but uh, that's the way Rod's getting that information and translate that uh, into what we're doing. Yeah. Because uh, do, do you think a lot of kids, even fucking uh, anyone that hasn't taken drugs, fully understand why? Well, most of the kids do. You, do you think they actually understand why drugs are bad? Like you know, it gets. I found growing up because I was anti-drugs, anti-smoking, little innocent country boy. Yeah. And then put me in fucking go to Sydney in uni, and I'm like. Get, get get given an ecky for the first time. Well, yeah, fucking good's this, and yeah, that yeah, just changed yeah, yeah. my life for a decade, unfortunately. But yeah. I, I just, I didn't know what they did to you. I didn't know why they were so mm. bad. No, they. It's like the education, which is like the way you don't do it, is yeah. trying to say don't take. Like you, you fail. Pe- I think people fail to explain that it gives you a feeling that you yeah. can never get from real life ever again. Yeah. yeah. Well. We know we know that from a lot of the kids that, that, that the feelings of you know of power and you know your indoor happy endorphins have kicked in, and we understand that when we talk to the kids and the kid says yeah but you know Ben Cousins for an example, you know he says I don't have a problem with drugs you have the problem not me I mm. actually like drugs mm. well how do you combat that yeah. you know but yeah. what you can do with the kids is say yes he has a lot of fun maybe on yeah. drugs but have a look at him now yeah, yeah. well it's all it all gets back to us. I mean. Though I think kids are getting better and better at finding out more information, and we certainly encourage them to find out more and more information about the effects and that sort of thing, and how it affects. Like if you're a if you're a sporting person, or if you're uh, a person that's uh, uh, going to going to be in, in the in the media or or in music uh, and things like that, how it how it affects you. Uh, 
Yeah. And I, I think that's hitting home with a lot of kids and, and particularly with their planning. I think, um, you know, school's got to do a lot more work in, uh, giving kids some goal setting, um, opportunities and really focus on that to really get them to make some really good decisions, especially when they're around year, year 10 and 11. That's when they're, they're really starting to uh, make those really hard decisions, yeah, whether it's about sex or when I'm going to get my car or when I'm going to take drugs or yeah. whatever. So I think um, the game that we've we've got uh, um, that's going into schools now is going to help quite a bit with the kids' decision-making and getting them to actually teach them to make good decisions, which well, could last a lifetime. And how how do you do that? Like how do you – like what is the – methodology or the technique to try and get through to a child or even an adult's head when you've been fully transparent about the effects and of drugs how do you say look there's these drugs out there that make you feel absolutely bulletproof you're probably going to yeah. have the best time of your life on it yeah. but you're not allowed to take them how, how do you get that message across and make it stick well, it's well, a big rod, challenge isn't yeah it? well yeah it is and, and and rod points out in in all his presentations you know it's it's when you're taking these drugs it's 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 effect, it's mind altering and 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 what you you know what you're doing now in your life can affect you later on and it can affect you in your studies or if you're going for if you're going to get a good job well you won't be able to get a good job yeah mm, well i sort of treat it in, in a way is that you know if you're going to take drugs you're going to take them you know i, I can't get out there and say as we talked before about no, don't take drugs. That's that's a stupid thing to say. All you've got to do be mindful of is if you're going to take anything, just be careful. Just make sure you're safe and make sure your mates and your friends are safe. Mm. If you're going to experiment with something, because, you know, kids that most probably go through that little period of peer pressure where they get, you know, pressured yeah. by other kids to say, oh, take one of these, yeah. you know, they, they come out the other end most of the time. Yeah. You know, they might have that little year of having a great time and they come out the other end. Some don't. Some end up becoming full blown druggies at you know up to the age of thirty two. Yeah, so you just got to be mindful of just just and that's why just stay the, safe yeah. and be careful. My my role in life and the mission in life is to make sure people don't die. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's and and probably from your point of view at uni and that sort of thing, that's where the where the peer group uh, kicks in mm. uh, because that's who you mix with. You know, you're mixing. Uh, you know, you're going out. Uh, with everybody after after lectures and all that sort of thing, and and that's what they're doing, and that's it's the peer, it's not really pressure in some ways. It's just well, that's what's being done, you know. Well, I, I look back. There was a couple of select few in our uni group, like people that I've seen. There wasn't there wasn't many, but there was a couple, and they all looked back at these people and just in awe because and they they stood strong the whole time. That not nah, not my thing. Full stop. Yeah. And everyone yeah. around yeah. them was doing it. Like fucking, there yeah. was not many. That's yeah. how prevalent it is because I can only think of a couple that were yeah. just like, nah, yeah. this ain't mine. And like, mate, there'd be also plenty of people come down, you know, nerds fresh out of year 12 and bloody give them a year or so and they're fucking yeah. just taking yeah. pingers and smoking bongs flat out. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's huge. It's, it's, it's a little bit on, on maturity too with kids because some kids, when they reach uh, 10 and 11, they know what they want to do in their life. They know that they want to go to uni, they want to go do law or medicine, or if they want to do this. They have a, a, a really good idea, or even if they want a, a motor mechanic or whatever, they know exactly what they want to do. Some kids, and the, and the ones that aren't mature, they're the ones that 
uh, continuing with the drugs and that sort of thing because they haven't got a purpose in life. They they, they don't really uh, see it. Mm. So uh, that, and and it depends. Doesn't matter whether you're a private school or a school when you're down at Rockingham. So a lot of those kids are have really got a bit of a purpose in life and know where they're going and. That's what we've got to try and get through to them. Yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll reflect after just our chat and, and a lot of, about the chat you, Prezzo, you gave at the mind side, to reflect about situations where it could have gone wrong for me. Uh, of course. And yeah. a lot of it, especially when you're, uh, you know, you're young, you don't have much money and you're like, you know, you've you got your big crew and you're planning a weekend and you're like, yeah, yeah. right, oh, we're getting fucking – X amount of pingers or whatever, and we've had these ones before. It's all good, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're ready for the night mm. out. But then, uh, you're coming up to the event or whatever, they come through. Oh no, we've ran out. Then we've got these new ones. Oh, but everyone's that pot committed. They're yeah, committed yeah. to this weekend, and like the, and I remember a couple of times. It's like, oh right, oh they should be right. Bloody blah blah blah, and. Could it could have just gone completely the other way, and even mm. even more so now with this synthetic shit out here. If it's other stuffs, the yeah, you just you can't you just can't assume anything. Um, yeah, that's all. I, I, yeah, think about it. it. Makes me scared to think well, about people, now. People the, say the you know, research chemical drugs aren't a real issue at the moment. We'll just go and tell the eighteen parents of kids that have died in the last eighteen months at festivals. Yeah, that there's not a problem with it. No, nah. you know. That's the that's the scary part about it is, and you know, I, I I take on the government a fair bit and say things like, you know, if you would have done something about the ice sort of problem when you first identified it maybe twelve years ago, we might not have this problem today yeah. if you took it on properly and 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 educated properly, um, and if you don't start the research chemical education now, then what's going to happen in five years time? Meth will die out, and all of a sudden you're going to have a research chemical problem that's cheap and nasty. And then kids younger at schools will be will be you know taking more. Yeah. So you got to you got to weigh it up. That's the worry. And I think as we get, go more down the synthetic road, I think it's going to go younger. We're going to go into the primary school, well, and, and it's go, and it's going to be hitting yeah. hitting the primary schools, um, you know, from year five onwards. And that's the that's the real worry, mm. especially with the synthetic drugs. That's the. Well, another one we were talking about earlier, especially for, for kids, is um, fucking Dexys, the mum and dad drug. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they're like, but that's the thing that people, I've heard stories, you know, kids taking shitloads of them because, you know, they might have had a bloody, uh, one of their mates or something's got an AD, uh, you know, ADHD, ADHD yeah. and got yeah. a got a Dexamphetamines uh, prescription and they take bloody shitloads of them and it can, I've heard that going like going the other way well but that's all and and they're unfortunately they're bloody accepted now like, like people yeah, like, oh we don't do drugs we just take yeah, dexies yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well it's like the prescription drugs isn't it and you know kids are you know oh take a baby pan have have your baby panadol or dad's taking a, a panadol a codeine whatever it, it's a natural part of life now uh and 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 kids are being brought up with it so they're just popping pills already now mm. in in <laughs> that way so well, that how do you like meth? That's the one that oh, scares me a bit with society. I see, a, you know, prevalent in the mining industry. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, what it, how does it what where's meth sit with you guys? Scare, scare the shit out of you what it does oh, to society, mate. Absolutely. I mean, the, the problem is it's it's readily available and it's and it's easy to manufacture. 
Yeah. That's the scary part about it. The part that really worries me about the meth is it's the it's the psychoactive experiences, but it's who makes it and what's in it. And the problem is, and I keep saying to these kids all the time till I'm black and blue in the face, you might want to experiment with, experiment with drugs, stuff like meth, but the problem is you don't know what the effect's going to be on your body in another five years' time because you don't know what you're taking. And there's a good you're chance you might too, still be taking it in five years. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, remember, too, you've got kids' brains still develop between the ages of sort of 14 and sort of 18. Well, what are you doing to the signals in your brain by taking meth? You're actually putting chemicals and acids and battery acids and Drano and rat poison into your body. Mm. That's, that's, that's what it's made of. But uh, but isn't it? There's the secondary effects of not just what the meth does, but the sleep deprivation. Oh, of course, long like long term effects of that. Yeah. Like even even short term, people coming back to work after being on a uh, yeah. meth bender on break and coming back, they're pissing clean because it's out of their system in a day or two. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but they're coming back sleep deprived and yeah. operating heavy machinery, walking around like fucking zombies. But and then they could play. Then but then you get fee like. I guess a harsher thing is people might fail a piss test for THC for marijuana, but they're like they're yeah. in a lot better state to work than yeah, someone yeah, coming yeah. off a meth bender. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think the one that would scare me the most would be having to try and front the missus and tell her you just lost a job because you've been taking drugs. Yeah, that wouldn't be a pretty one. No, no, that'd be worse than uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're the real boss in life. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, darling, I've got something to tell you. Um, yeah, hang on, and I'll do it from 20 feet away. Yeah. Yeah. DJ, was it like when you started side effect and, you know, your research, all the research you've done, was it just like peeling a fucking never-ending onion? It was, like, mate. Just, yeah. Uh, Look, the, prob the problem is, like in China, for an example, um, I don't know if you know the full story, but after we finished the 60 Minutes undercover operation over there, um, it went uh, it went online about two two to three weeks later, and it actually reached a, a, a screening thing of about one point two billion people around around the world. Really, and as soon as China found out about it, there was an uproar with all the media and all the all the elderly people in China about what's this sixteen year old boy from Australia died? How did he die in China? What happened? And, of course, the Chinese government have never, ever exposed the fact that, that they're manufacturers of research chemical drugs. So um, they put an operation together, and within three-month period, they'd interviewed 155,000 people, and they arrested 21,000 that were actually manufacturing research chemical products illegally. So if you want to manufacture a research chemical product in China, you have to have a license under the Food and Beverage Act. What does that mean? I've absolutely no idea, but you've got to have a license to do it. So although we were lucky enough to have 21,000 people arrested, they blocked 5 million social media sites. They put 116 research chemicals on the um, class one um, narcotic list, and luckily APVP and 25IM bone were one of them. So we actually, yeah, we kicked a few of them in the teeth, which was, which was an excellent result. But although you banned something, of a research chemical, you're actually banning the chemical formula. So if you change that formula by five degrees either way, it becomes a new becomes yeah, a new becomes product a new, again. Yeah, yeah. You've got to remember that at the moment, there's most probably close to 400 different research chemical um, products on the mar in the marketplace. 400. And is there any way to test if you're having a synthetic form of a drug? Like is 
It's Mate, they had the testing facilities now. You might have seen one that was uh, at a festival just recently where um, a couple of people died. Um, the pill testing people said, or, the, or the, not the autopsy people, but they they knew they'd taken a substance and then they had to send the sample off to be tested properly. And that was going to take another, I think, six days. Yeah. So you sit back and you go, okay, it's a research chemical drug. Yep. How do you test for it? Well, you can't get a test result immediately. Because were they doing pill though? Doing pill yeah. testing at festivals at one stage. Well, they? they did. They they sort of got. I think they got the sort of semi-approval to do one. I think it was in Canberra. And and, and look, I know I'd be a supporter of the pill testing at festivals if it could test for every single product on the marketplace. But I don't know if you know much about the pill testing, but if I'm sitting in the tent and I'm testing your pill and that's got something nasty in it, they give it back to them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Well, they shouldn't give it back to them. They should put it in the bin. Yeah. The problem is their attitude is uh, the kid will dispose of that. <laughs> well, I can tell you now, if I'm 21, 22 years of age at a festival, I'm going to go and sell that to somebody else to get me 50 bucks back. Oh, not even that. Well, it's, it's exactly what I spoke about before. You're committed to a music festival and you'll even if you – once you get there, you're like, yeah. well, fuck, if I haven't got this, I haven't got anything. So yeah. it's uh, – and they, the – yeah, you're the pre- – pre- I don't know what, what the word for it is, whether it's a pressure or it's just like you're, you're that committed to yeah. – Having like you when you when you're twenty, who wants to go to a, essentially who's going to go to a music festival not on pingers because yeah. everyone else is yeah it's right yeah, yeah. a lot of people uh, it gives you a different attitude to life doesn't it it's a yeah you know, you're, you're upbeat so you're you happy, need you're excited yeah yeah um so even if the that's the thing it can go the other way if they bloody find out something bad's in it they're probably going to fucking take it anyway yeah. well said before mate I tried it once back in the early days and I said to my mate don't ever give that to me again and he goes why not and I said because mate I loved it too much mm. just yeah. don't give it to me again. Yeah, well, that was and the first and only time I tried it. Yeah, and uh, you said it gave a good analogy before. Like my analogy was, um, it's like winning a grand final over and over again, yeah. like that that euphoria. Like you cannot you cannot replicate uh, what you know MDMA or, or cocaine does to you like naturally. Like you, that's yeah. why you, that's why people, that's why you take it to give you give you that ultimate feeling. But then you know, oh. I remember, well, I guess my experience with it, like, yeah, five or six years can go past. Like, oh, I like, I wasn't a heavy user. I guess I did when I when I used it. I bloody used it, but you know, it took me like to get to my thirties and children finally go shit. Like the worry I've caused family, bloody mother, and like the how much I've made a fucking dickhead of myself yeah, yeah. during this time. Like, it takes a long time to get like to like. Holy shit! Like you can't just snap out of it. Like and yeah. it's it's really it's things like you blokes are doing. Like having lo- you got to have long term education and awareness for people to. Mm. You got to make the decision yourself. Unfortunately, I mean, you you look at your life now, and you've got you know you obviously got beautiful kids. They're young. Yeah. Um. You know, if you you knew what you know now, would you have done drugs earlier? That's well, the question. Yeah. Well, I've. I've I'd look back on it now. I wanted to be. I'd want to be one of those select couple that yeah. rose above it, uh, yeah. and and be looked back on later on. Like it's. Um, and looking at them now, you go back and you go, ah, oh, at the time you go along, you know, come on. Yeah, I'll be like, harden huh, huh, up. You can't have a can fucking we, have some pingers. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. Now you sit back and you go, wish to Christ I was one of them. Well, I was one of those dickheads saying that to them. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And they're, they're probably listening to me now. I'm like, yeah, they're thinking, yeah, yeah, good, you. yeah you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that scares me. 
is how am I going to get through to my kids and say, because that's as I said, you can't even try and educate to use responsibly because I'm not an idiot. I know there's a very, very high chance that all my children are going to take drugs. There's, I'm guaranteed certain because they've got, they've got my genetics, so they're probably going to have a party nature, addictive personality. Um, and it scares me to think, yeah, well, how am I going to get through to them to have them make good choices? Because yep. um, well, it's a lot. It's a, it's a yep. Russian roulette, isn't it? Yeah. As, we, as we've said many occasions in many presentations to parents even, you know, how do you educate your kids the difference between right and wrong if you don't even know yourself? Yeah. So once yeah. we can educate the likes of you, then you can pass that down to your kids and, 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 and to be careful, you know, to watch out for. Yeah. You know, just watch out for the signs. Just, you know, talk about drugs openly, about how bad they are. Talk about the effects of them. You know, we, we're, we're sort of quite brutal in some of ours, but I don't know, the amount of time that we have parents ringing us and contacting us by email going, uh, my my son came home the other night and started telling me about drugs after he saw your presentation. You know, he normally just comes home and grunts and throws his school bag in the corner and opens the fridge door and stands there. Mm. Comes home and says, Dad, Mum, I want to talk to you about something. And he wanted to talk about drugs. We learnt that night so much about it. Can we please get a copy of your presentation? Because I'd like to show my other friends, kids, and my other kids your story. Well, it's, uh, it shows shows a couple of things. shows they one, they don't know anything about it and then they're not talking about it at all with their kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to be straight onto it early. Yeah, well, see, when with teenagers, you, you're getting around about the 13, 14, 15-year-olds. They're sort of, they're anti-mum and dad, blah, blah, blah. But you'll find when they get to 16, 17, 18, that's when they will come back and want want to discuss things because obviously they want the car and all that sort of thing. They're sort of looking at those sort of things in life. But but that to open up the lines of communication when they're 16, 17, 18 is really important. And I think uh, that's what Rod's trying to push now is, you know, go home and discuss it with your parents. This is a great way because parents say, oh, I don't want to talk to my kids. Mm. But this is a, this, it's a great opener, you know. Well, so, but, but imagine they're... I don't know what the if if it's them being naive like they they a lot of parents um, stupidly think oh my kid won't get involved no, in that like, and that's the ones that don't no, know anything about they're so they're so naive to think yeah. that uh, fucking no one's bulletproof yeah. from it it can take over your life in an instant yeah. it only takes one like, I I still remember the first um, ecstasy tablet I was given and just that I'll never forget that first feel and that that changed my life for 10 years mm. pretty much till I but he had yeah. kids and fucking gave like gave the shit away yeah. it's um and that that's it's it's so true what they yeah, say yeah. Yeah. it only takes one because I was um, I was over at a friend's place the other night and he had his kids and a whole pile of of his feral mates were playing beer pong out the back mm. and one of them turns up and says if any of you guys want any decks I've got a pocket full of them yeah and I just stood there and stared at him, and I thought, "Have you got to be kidding me?" Yeah. Because there'll be kids there at the gathering who've never taken drugs before and don't want to take drugs. Yeah, and it's like he's just introduced them to maybe a world that could turn pear shaped for them. Yeah, so well, just like Preston situation, you know? Because yeah, Dexy's like that's just a gateway to yeah, you know, like gateway to meth and things yeah. like that. Well, once you see something that's sort of go, oh, yeah, fuck, here, go to these Dexies. I'll stay up all night. I don't even get tired. And um, then, the, but then people just come mm. dependent on it. Like, no, but then you, you've got to find that, as you say, whether it's a 
a reason for people to to not take them, whether it's financial, mm. bloody um, behavioural, like how much it can take over your life that you're just dependent yeah, yeah, on this yeah. fucking and, shit. And, and, and really it's up to parents too and, and for schools and that to start talking to kids and saying, look, you know, this is what life's about, you know, and give them some real life skills and say, this is what you've got to look forward to. And these are some of the things that can hinder your life. You know, drugs are one of them, you know, and, and mixing with bad peers and, and that sort of thing. They're the, they're the things that uh, parents and schools have got to be talking about. I mean, they're always, they're always going to take, take the drugs, but I think they can take it with a, with a sensible approach. How, yeah. But how is that now? Like, like, cause it, my, I, the way I'd like to approach things, like, it, but it's just near it's not possible it's like education on how to safely use drugs but it's like you can't even do that now with like like to be realistic you know kids are kids are going to fucking take drugs yeah. when they're young it'd be it'd yeah. be nice to know you could fucking educate on the safe responsible use but the fact that all this synthetic shit's out there now you can't even can't even do that well that's it's, that's the problem that's the problem at at the moment you know we educate the kids by saying we sort of come from a, a, a two-pronged attack. One is don't put anything in your body if you don't know what it is, which yeah. means basically you don't put anything unless you made it yourself. Nah. The most important thing of all is, and we look at the legal aspect of, of with the kids, in Preston's situation, if Preston had survived his accident, he would have been a hero in the eyes of his mates. <clears throat> Nothing happened to Preston. He couldn't be charged with anything. But the boy that gave it to Preston got charged and convicted for what he did. Yeah. So when we present to a lot of school, you know, if you're going to get, if you're going to try drugs in any way, whether it's your first time or second time, the first person you're going to do it with is who? It's your best friend, one of your best mates. Doesn't give you the right to do that, right? Your best friend most probably doesn't want to take drugs, but you're going to introduce them to drugs. Well, congratulations, you're a hero. Yeah. Thank you. I bet you the person that gave the first bloody pill or First joint to Ben Cousins is not laughing now. No. Just have a look at him, you yeah. know. So it's, you know, we, we, we sort of looked at that angle too because don't destroy your life by by giving a drug to one of your best friends and then all of a sudden he becomes a druggie. Well, congratulations. You don't have any right to do that. Yeah. What what about, what are you, how do you try and tap into people's like Because you, you're presenting, to, it's not just kids, like you're presenting to mine, so you're presenting to mum and dads that, like, that have got kids yeah. and that are in the FIFO thing. Yeah, what, what have you seen are the best, um, I guess, the best motivators for people to give it up, the best the, the best ways to try and tap in to get the message to sink in to well, try I think and give the, it away? I think it's the, the sympathy side, isn't it? You know, I think we talk about it and say, you know, in Preston's situation, Preston was – he was groomed himself to go to uni to do a law degree. Um, he was he was um, in going to be put in the AFL draft for football. Yeah. Um, it had all turned pear shape months beforehand. Um, he had his life planned. He had his absolute life planned. Um, well, you see him there, go kicking the kicking the footy against yeah. the Walloon kids. Yeah, near Jundee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he had his whole life planned on what he was going to do. Um, and you just got to get to the kids and say, you know, you you got to have a you got to have a direction in life on what you want to do. Yeah. You know, look, you know, I, I talk to the kids in the year twelve groups and say, you know, if you're going to mess your life up, just don't do it in year twelve. You know, get yourself work out in your life what you're going to do that year, and that year is going to be, you know, do you want to go and do a law degree? Do you want to go and be an accountant, or do you want to go and work at Coles as a checkout chick? Yeah, it's up to you. If you want to take drugs, the Coles is where you're going to end up. 
Mm. You know, in some ways, it's um, it's good to, with kids instead of going to going from school and then going to TAFE and uni. Uh, a lot of research now is showing that a gap year, uh, like the Japanese do, they ca they have a year, a year or two working to get themselves a, a few life skills yeah. uh, and and get roughed up a little bit. You know, find out what the real world's about, then go and study. And some of those kids might decide, no, look, I don't want to do that. I'll go and do an apprenticeship now or I want to go into into the bank or something. So they might – they give, gives them a couple of years to make decisions. And and also, uh, if they've actually got a, got a, a job uh, and they've got to turn up and do things, that also makes them uh, take a second thought about taking drugs or, or drinking drug all the time. Because it's a it's – a, oh, it's like a two-edged sword, isn't it? Like you can't – you try and you educate people to don't take drugs, but then you you get life skills or a bit of awareness from yeah. taking drugs to know the pass on the knowledge not to take drugs. It's yeah. like, well, it's a, yeah, you know, like where do you fucking it, it, it it, where a, do you approach it? Yeah, it is a bit, but it's sort of like in a work situation, you've got to be a little bit more responsible. Mm. Uh, you know, turning up and doing your job, uh, and 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 whether it's a whether it's a travel thing, um, you know, where they travel. Around for, around Australia for a year, and and do jobs picking fruit and working yeah. max whatever, but um, I mean that 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 will put them in in the drug scene. There's no doubt about that. But I think as as I said, if they're go going to have a turn up for a job and that sort of thing, it makes them a bit more responsible and think a little bit more. I suppose, and it's I reckon big things awareness about. I relate it back to mining in a way of hazards, like where there's. There's hazards everywhere in your job. Hazards like any anyone's job. There's ha hazards driving on the freeway. But then there's your critical hazards that they refer to. Critical is like the ones anything that can kill you. Yeah. I think drugs would be drug use is drug awareness going down that road. It's like look, you can focus on all the drugs, but like really, really highlighting the things like two five I and the things that can fucking kill you. Like and and being able to identify when that shit's around or when it could possibly, um, possibly yeah. fucking like like be in your system without even knowing it. Like, well, this is where we go back to the to the original story, and it's not like I don't take two five I. Yeah, but what about the bloke over there? He's the one you have to be worried about because he's the one that could be taking drugs. Yeah, and he's the one that's going to make the mistake. That's going to become the critical. Accident that you're talking about. Mm. Is it because are the most dangerous? I guess your critical drugs, the ones that are they ones the mind altering ones Absolutely. like that. Is of that course. the really when people yeah. just like as I said, put you in a totally different reality? Well, I mean, you've seen the presentation. I mean, look at the way the people are acting. How weird they were. Yeah, well, you know, I saw. You, you look at you look at this that. is off the sixty minutes thing. Can I can I use this? Did they give yeah. they gave you permission yeah, 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 to yeah. use this? I might fucking steal. The cops are losing and the chemists are winning, churning out new and ever more powerful drugs. When one drug is banned, manufacturers simply tweak a molecule to make it a different substance.
They're just like taking on traffic and yeah. bloody everything. Yeah. Imagine one of your fellow workers operating the machinery there. Yeah. You're working next to him. Yeah. You know? And it's um we've spoken about it before, the come down. Mm. Like it's not it's not the effect of what the drove well, there's the there's the risks of taking it like when you especially mine yeah. older and ones like that, but like, you know, yeah. The what goes? I remember a YouTube video was a bit of a skit, and this bloke goes like, "What goes up must come down, fucking hard." Because yeah, like you yeah, know, yeah, you can't yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. if you want to you want to get these uh, massive levels of dopamine hits in your body, making you you know feel like you've won lotto over and yeah. over again, as you explained earlier. It's uh, how you feel afterwards is tenfold worse. Like yeah. you wouldn't wish it on your uh, yeah, and, it's and it's the your ability, ability to, yeah. your ability to. To carry out a job too, and of course the come downs vary, and as you keep on taking more and more, well, the come downs become longer and longer. Yeah, and that, and that, I know in our industry a lot of that, that come down is how people are coming back. Some people are coming back to work. Yeah, to, yeah, and like fuck me, you can't, you cannot function on it. Like it is, it's like getting the worst flu of your life. Um, it's it's certainly so, not like. You know, uh, you know, probably in my day with the alcohol and that sort of thing, we just have a bacon egg sandwich, uh, you know, Getting on the Monday morning and a Coke and, yeah, or, and, a and, and we'd, or another beer or Another something. beer for lunch, uh, yeah. And, and, and then you were right, you know, you'd uh, yeah. hair of the dog. But uh, it's, it's quite different now and it's uh, and that's probably harder for kids to understand too. And and, and that's what we push too, yeah. you know, some of the things that uh, – can affect you. I mean, a lot of these kids are are working now. You know, at four, thirteen and fourteen, they're working at Macca's, you know, and and Kmart and that sort of thing. And it and it most certainly will affect them. Yeah. So that what's the prevalence still of this lot? Because they're 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 the worst culprits if they're getting earning a little bit of cash at uh, yeah Macca's and that. It's like, oh, I'll go buy some fucking synthetic. Oh, I'll go on the get some, some, go on the internet and get some twenty bucks worth of shit from China. Like, yeah. is that is there? Is that still around? Like for parents, like is that? Can you still buy drugs on the internet very easily? Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, kids. We asked a question. Um, it, it it it's funny that we've um we've sort of identified this, but we asked the kids all the way from year nine through to year twelve. Does anybody know what synthetic cannabis is? And you might get one or two hands might go up out of an audience of about four hundred. Then yeah. you ask the question, anyone know what the dark web is? And every hand goes up. And you think, well, okay, well, what, what are you looking at on the dark web? Yeah, you know. So yeah, they they they're pretty they're pretty wise now in what goes on. Well, and that, it's oh, because we're especially with um, fucking PlayStation, social media, like everything that kids can, kids have got just access to the whole world now. Like we we keep pretty strict tabs on the whole iPad thing, and like no phone, like yeah. I know a lot of. Parents and like no phones in your room, sort of rules and in house. Like that's the sort of shit you got to put in place because yeah, it doesn't mean doesn't happen most of the time. Nah, oh, you know, yeah, it's the way of the world now. But isn't it? the whole yeah. world fucking runs on phones yeah. and iPads? Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, and social media. and it's harder to be. They criticise parents a little bit, you know the the modern parents, you know, trying to be too buddy buddy with their kids and all that sort of thing. But it's a changing it's a changing world and they're and, and they're trying to change and adjust with it. I think yeah. they're doing a uh, you know, the majority are doing a great job. Yeah. But it's uh it's just hard for them now with all these things being chucked at them and uh and particularly with the drugs and that sort of they they've never had their parents talk to them about drugs or alcohol. Never. Yeah. I never. Nor did my my sons. I, you didn't need. You didn't ever do that. And now they're expected to. Oh God, we've got to do that as well. 
So there's a heck of a responsibility on parents, and that's why Rod's really focusing now on getting parents involved in doing the game and maybe uh, downloading the uh, the alert app and things like that. Dave, give, give us a rundown of this game. This sounds, uh, I don't know, can you say it sounds fucking cool? Like, to yeah, be honest, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a good way to, like, try and in- engage everyone and a bit of awareness. Give us the rundown about it. Uh, well, mate, it all started from most probably a bit of a vision at up past two in the morning when I was still laying in bed wide awake. And, yeah. And we got Pete and I got talking and thought, you know, we can do a module, um, create awareness and get it out to the marketplace. It, it's always been identified that it's great for me to go and do presentations to schools, but there's only one of me. So the presentation really has a lot more power if actually I'm there, um, you know, which you've identified when you're up at the, the mining camp. So we thought, well, you can do a module, but then we went out to the marketplace and spoke to a lot of schools and kids, and they've said, no, nah, module, no, we wouldn't really be interested in that. So we then sort of swung it around and thought, okay, what would the kids be interested in? And they all play games. So we decided to contract um, Edith Cowan University, so yep. their simulation centre, and so we're building the first digital gamification that every single kid in Australia will get for free. And not only can they do it as a classroom environment, but they can go home and do it with mum and dad. Yeah. So what it is, it's a it's behavioural science. It's the our expert sort of academics in the background have worked out that the kids need to learn to make decisions and learn to make mistakes. And what better way of doing it than in the game? Yeah, right. So um, like, how's it how's it present uh, uh, as on your phone, like, or is it a uh, oh laptops? Yep, yep. On your laptop, yeah, yeah. You can. I think you can do it on your phone too. Yeah, yeah, they on phone. Phone. They'll probably get addicted to it. <laughs> you may as well. well, well, well use well, it, it for that way. It's, it's good because it's about decisions and uh, and and after all, it's probably the worst taught um, subject in schools, decision-making and financial literacy probably the other one. But decision-making, kids generally from peers or from a gut feeling – they don't. They don't have any. They don't put any processes in place when they're making a decision, yeah. and that's what what this game will teach them to to get processes right to make a decision. So that when they do come to a real life situation, they have those processes in place. And uh, Edith Cowan have been fantastic with that. We're uh, working with them now to do a bit of a uh, evaluation now about decision making and how we can pick up on kids who can make. Decisions. So, are these is the game focused around drugs specifically, or yep. is it is it decisions around everything? Decisions. Like, well, it around everything, but uh, but a lot's to do with the identification of of, of situations. It's just things like, um, you know, part of the in part of the game, there'll be an area there where you know you, you might be with a friend at a club, and and she might say, "I could look after my drink for me." So you grab a of a drink and you go and stick it on the bar. And then next yeah, minute yeah, someone yeah. snuck up and put something in the drink and you didn't mm. know. Yeah. So it's just creating awareness. Or so like, you know, did you make a mistake then? Yeah, well, what did she tell you? Yeah. She told you to look after a drink. What did you do? Yeah. So as a decision-making, that thing would always stick in your head for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm. Just thinking I mean, about a drink. See, it might even be that you might have passed all of the little little tests along the way for the drink spiking in a bar and all of a sudden a little message will come. Oh, by the way, go to the toilet now, please, and collect this. You go to the toilet and leave your drink on the bar. Yeah, Sorry, right. you've uh, yep. failed it. So yep. there's a, it'll awesome. go through all those different things and it might even be in a meth lab, might be another one, might be in a garden party at a pool party where kids are, are, are smoking pot or whatever. So there's there's different scenarios that we're looking at and hopefully we'll 
we'll relate some of um, Preston's story in one of the scenarios. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah. I think will be fantastic yeah. because it's a real party. story. Yeah. Uh, Pre-ball or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll that be built into it because all the mechanics are there for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's just awesome, Rob, just to see. Oh, I don't know how you'd even, there's no nice way to say it, but just such a, a positive just to come out of such a tragedy, mm. like mm. the fact that Preston's story, his legacy lives on that's going to hopefully help so many other children. Um, it's, I reckon a big thing is, you know, you do a presentation on drugs or you see a presentation on drugs and you see pictures of everything. I remember going out, like a lot of people don't even know what they look like. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to uh, try and sell it that I'm coming up to a mine site where I've got a bag of Coke and 10 pingers and bloody all this shit in my pocket to actually – like, because that's the thing. People don't know what, they, what they're what taking and people that don't know what it looks like. I don't know if bloody – yeah. I don't know how you'd sell trying to actually show I mean, there's kids. There's a time in my life when I would see this stuff and I'm thinking, how do you take that? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. We That's ask the question all the time when it comes to ice, do they inject it or do they smoke it or what do they do? Yeah. Some people have no idea. No. No, and that, and that's because that's even that's a whole another level of awareness. It's like I remember when I was in Europe, bloody, um, I was eighteen, naive as anything, um, and walking around with someone, and someone said, "Oh, you want some of this?" I thought, "Oh, it fucking looks like chocolate." It was bloody hash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like looking back at it now, I was eighteen, so naive, so naive, yeah. and that, yeah. that's God, you know. And as you said, because drug drugs are so prevalent in. Uh, for, 15 year olds now even yeah. it's uh it's unbelievable the, the fact that i can't believe 14 15 year olds are taking drugs but they obviously mm. do they probably have been forever well mate we, we we go back to some of the teachers that have contacted us that you know that have contacted us and saying oh can you come do a presentation at our school and it's like oh yeah yeah where are you oh we're at such and such primary school and you go primary school yeah right. uh, you wouldn't have a problem there oh no yes we do with our darling year sixes and yeah. it's like Oh, and it's that's become more sort of yeah. evident in the well, last particularly sort of three in months. the in the Aboriginal communities that we uh, uh, visited. Yeah, um, they they seem to be uh, yeah, it seems to be filtering down. Maybe obviously because of older brothers and sisters and and the parents too. So you've got these little kids. I mean, I've got uh, I won't tell you where it is, but my uh, son is running up at the community, running the swimming pool and swing lessons and all that up there and uh, a little Aboriginal three-year-old came up to him at the pool and said, "And oh, hello, Stevie. Um, and he said, oh, what are you doing here? He said, uh, he said I'm hungry. He said, what, what's, your, what's your mum and dad? Where are they? They're drunk. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing. Uh, it's not unusual uh, that's happening in these communities. Yeah. And I, I remember, did you know I've interviewed a drug expert before, Dr. Stephen Allsop? Yeah, yeah, we know Stephen. He's, yeah. on, our, he's on our Bosford committee for the Yeah, day. and he, um, we had a two and a half, this is early on in the podcast because I wanted to do a drug thing. And then uh, this is um, his biggest concern in Australia by a country mile is alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. said my, the, the most uh, deaths and injuries result from alcohol. That's the Aussie culture, isn't it? I fucking love a beer, but uh, yeah, I know hey, how it can. Mate, we get asked that in presentations all the time, and I and I tell them, I said, alcohol I is bad for you, but it's not if you drink in moderation. Yeah, that's when they go out and binge drink before they get preloaded before they go to a club. Mm. That's when the problem lies. 
they all say to me, oh, that's yeah, the new you know, style. You know, yeah. you just uh, because they can't afford it and that now sort of thing, they just. I oh, will. Yeah, I'm there. Fucking they, goon bag before you bloody go out. Yeah. 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 We went out there the other night and it was just four drinks. Yeah. Oh, that'll be like $73, sir. And I just went, what? Mm. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, Especially in Perth because they haven't got pokies in the pubs. That's all it costs. It was just fortune. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's it used to be a time when you used to drink. <laughs> and then you go up to your friend, you go, I'll get it again, boys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you go, Hey, where's he going? He's just taking out. <laughs> yeah. bring, bring him back so he can boys around. They always go to the shitter when it's there, fucking around. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. fucking yeah. eight tired asses. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, I've got a um, few of them, mates. Oh, but it, it's of, uh, you know, grog, grog's another thing. Like, you know, you can give up the drugs, but then you sort of start compensating everywhere else, having a beer every day. And, um, oh, it, affect, it can affect you without knowing. It affects you as a f- affects my father, you know, fathering skills. Like, if you, yeah. you know, like you're just lethargic and, yeah. Oh, it's but fuck me, nothing better than a beer at the end of the day. But it's you got to keep tabs on it because that's something that can because it's yeah. that's the thing because it's legal. Um, I've had to yeah something I I battle with a bit here and there, but I've, I've cut down a lot. It's um because it does affect your parenting. It's uh, mm. oh, most certainly, and yeah. it depends what what uh, type of job you've got as well too. You know, with the stress levels and things like mm. that, and and sometimes uh, you know to relax and. And have a beer after work. It's important, and and you can see that in the city, even you know some yeah. of the lawyers and and that sort of thing. Even the in the medicos, they go straight down to the to the palace and have a have, yeah. a, have a beer now. You know, yeah. well, we do our best work. We solve all the problems in the world at three thirty on a Friday at work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, everyone has a, has a couple of quiet ones, and next minute you yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's it. it's, it's keeping it no. that it keeping it that level. It's um when because that's oh, fuck it. It'd be nothing for us. Like if I'm at a mine site after work, because like oh, it easier knock knock down seven or eight beers in an hour and a half, and that's I blow zeros the next day. Piece of piss, but fuck, it's a trap to fall into. Yeah. Um, because you 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 work yeah. your guts out all day. Yeah. Come Especially up the just, price too. Yeah. Hey, I fantastic. four beers and thought that'll be like eight dollars something. Yeah, I went, oh, mate, sorry, you, I've got four beers, not two. Geez, you want to? something you nearly want to go out there on a weekend. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> <cheap day. laughs> well, we went to Jundee up there. The food was sensational. The yeah, alcohol was, was cheap. Oh, and I yeah. thought that's it. I'm getting a job up here. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy to be uh, drug awareness programs up there all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Nothing better to get away from the missus for a couple of weeks either. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Have you done many turnarounds? Have you got any testimonials, like, like you know, individuals that you've, um, oh, I guess, mate. had a big impact on and seen people continue, go from continue hundreds of them, yeah, hundreds of them. What's it? What's it like Look, going through going through that process? But it's not. It's nice getting testimonials when you know that you've 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 made a difference to somebody. Yeah, and a lot of them are the parents of the kids who have come back to us and said your presentation really did something to them. Yeah. Because they've changed their attitude about the way they, they're acting and thinking. And it's nice that parents take the time to send you that. Yeah. And then we get the nice ones from the students just saying, thank you for not saying, no, don't take drugs. But what you explained to us makes it made me look at it differently now. And we've got kids that have made pact at school that, you know, they're not going to take drugs as a group. And Yeah. And, oh, and, that's awesome. And one of the things, the, the teachers that we've had that yeah. have uh, – Come back and we've interviewed afterwards. We've got some great interviews and they're cr- been crying and carrying on and they and, and it means something to them because they've had someone in their family or something that's been affected or one of the one of their students. So it's uh, it's great to get their feedback and and a lot of the principals too. 
yeah. that have uh, um, come back and had a look. I mean, Preston's uh, principal at Churchson's just wrote a beautiful piece on yeah. uh, on the presentation that Rod had done. Well, we probably there. helped a lot of teachers as well. Oh, look, I think so. Fuck me, try to bloody look after kids for five yeah. days a week. I'd be wanting to have a release Mate, on the you, weekend. You won't believe what the teachers come back and say. You know, we walk around listening to conversations and after your presentation, it's amazing what we've identified, you know, like yeah. in the in the schools. Yeah. And look, even teachers, as I say to teachers, you know, you've got to have these discussions with your students. How can you have those talks when you don't even know? So that's the most important part about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's opening the lines of communication once again. Mm. You have to. And that's, you know, something that schools don't really do enough of now is um, – develop that mentoring type approach in school where you've got one teacher who's your mentor uh, that you can go to and follow through from year seven to year 10. Yeah, yep. And you can go to them at any time. You meet with him once or him or her once a week and you talk about drugs and you talk about careers and you talk about all those sort of things. And uh, Rod's come up with another fantastic um, a thing that we look like uh, going into schools and introducing a side effect ambassador program targeted at year 11, 10 and 11s, and they will mentor year 7s that are coming into the high school oh, and yeah. they'll talk yeah. to them about drugs, also about study and where to find the tuck shop and all that sort of thing, mm. but mostly they'll, they'll, they'll be instructing them about, you know, drug education. So that's something that I think can work because they, they listen to p older peers and a bit of a hero worship. Well, oh, yeah, they definitely relate to them. It's not, yeah, like, it's not yeah, like for sure. fucking lectured about it, is it? No, yeah, that's and right. And it's realistic. It's like this is what's here at the yeah. moment. And that's why the, yeah. the teacher mentor one is, a, is an important one too because if they can, you know, stand back, it's hard for a teacher to come back and say, oh, look, I'm not going to discipline you for anything. I'm just – I'm here as your mentor and I have a meeting with you every day with 10 other kids and we talk about all these different things. And coming from uh, some, they're not afraid to go to them. And the one good thing about it is that mentor contacts the parent once a week. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's lots of things that can be done. And we, uh, and we're sort of slowly but surely uh, mm -hmm. probably got to put a bit of a hold on Rod's uh, ideas at times. But um, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, keep you off the thinking juice each oh, bloody mate. Harvey, mate. <laughs> it's just more work. For, just I'm just lying in bed at four in the morning thinking, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I go and get my phone out and record on my phone so I don't forget it. Yeah. I tell the boys the next time they go, oh, God, here you go again. <laughs> but, but some of them have been good and some of them have been stupid. But anyway. Well, what's your vision for this whole thing? Well, yeah, I guess you've only got a finite time to fucking run side effect. But, like, where, where do you want it to be? Where, where, where do you reckon you're going with it? Where do you want society to be, I guess? Well, I suppose the most important thing for me is trying to decrease the demand for drugs, especially the synthetic stuff, the research chemical stuff. We need to keep it out of society. Um, there's no room in this world for, for, for countries to allow the manufacturing of research chemical drugs that kill people, yeah. especially our youth of today because it's so cheap. Yeah. And if we can sort of eradicate that, um, you know, we've, 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 we've got a massive chance of, of making a difference. But it's always going to be there through the dark web, there's no doubt. Um, but... The other alternative there is to try and educate them in relation to early intervention education. And mm. you've got to open the lines of communication with families because you can't teach your children anything unless you know yourself. Yeah. And that's where the problem lies. And, and you know, we've been doing this lecturing gig now, Pete, for 
for about four years now or three years, and we've seen it. We, we've just seen the attitude of the kids. And it's not the kids. It's more the parents. The parents have to get involved in their child's life, and that's what life's all about. Yeah. And that's the worry particularly, and that's why we've been focusing on the rural and remote areas because farmers are working on the farm, blah, blah, blah. It, it always used to work okay. You know, the kids used to follow around and, and, and work. Now yep. they don't. They want to come down to the city or they want to go to the big country towns and and they want to party, you know. So we've lost a lot of that tradition in the in the rural communities and there's a lot more kids going down now again to start to go to Wesley and Penrose and St Hilda's and all this sort of thing, and that's where the take-up, mm. and, and, and that's where they learn these habits. So I think the rural communities is, 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 is well, it is a real focus for us at the moment. Yep. Um, as I said, Rod's reached 105,000 kids in these, uh, in you know, Southwest and, and the Kalgoorlie region, East Pilbara, da-da-da-da, so yep. reached a lot of people. But that's something that we really want to make this – so that we can set something up that can keep on running, that we don't have to drive it. We don't actually have to personally, like Rod having to personally or kill him, you know, having to do all these um, presentations all the time. It's hard for him, and not only physically but mentally, for him to go over that story over and over again is very heartbreaking. So to set something up that's going to, like the game, the alert app, peer support program, all of those sort of things, if that can just function with just and keep them going, yeah, you know, can be sustainable. Because is it, is, it, is it fucking hard sometimes to turn up and do that story <laughs> over and over again? Like, because you wouldn't be able to, well, you wouldn't be able to do it repetitively. Like, you'd burn, I do. It'd burn I can, you out. I can go, it? I, can, I can do it. I, I, I think the, the hardest part is, is when you're talking in presentations and then all of a sudden someone asks the question about Preston personally. Yeah. I can sit there and talk about drugs all day, but then when the media or someone says, so tell us about Preston, what sort of kid was he like? Yeah. That's where it gets tough, you know. Mm. I get through it, but, like, I think I think we did five presentations in one day at Churchlands and that, that fifth one I'd, yeah. I was on remote control and it was just physically or mentally it was just absolutely draining, like up at Jundee. Mm. And Dave asked us to do two presentations and then he chucked the third one in there in the middle, yeah. you know, and it was like, oh, this is just what I wanted. But, mm. you know. It served a purpose. It was good. Well, I suppose, and I suppose that's the, the the big motivator, the keeping it together, would be knowing the impact you're having, like, isn't it? Like, oh, that's yeah. Well, it's thing. nice to know the results of that people are taking it on board. That I would hate to think that the whole presentation meant nothing. That that's the part that would that would upset me the most. But but coming back and, and you know and listening to guys like you saying, you know, it was impactful because we're all talking about it later. Mm. And knowing that you've got kids, you want to make a difference to make sure that nothing happens to your children. Yeah. You know? Well, the, the best – oh, the way you fucking did it was so good. Like, uh, this will be a bit of a, a bit of a promo for people to get used to the mind side. It's because um, Pete, Pete got up and you did the presentation, went through the, you know, the 60 minutes video and um, talked about Preston's story and then, then it goes to – Rod going to China yeah. and everything, and we're just like, well, when they went to the China thing, like this, we're just like, what? Uh, hold on, where's this? I'm going to pay they, attention to they this. They just now. took a turn for the buddy. <laughs> I've just woken up. Yeah, 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 and it was just wow. And then got to the end of that, and then uh, Pete says, "So we've got a special guest here today." 
Rod Bridge himself, we're like, and you were sitting, you were sitting <laughs> right in front of me. I'm like, where the fuck did he pop up from? It's like bloody little Dicky Knee come out or something. Yeah, it was, it's a bit it was of, just it's a so bit of a roadshow sort of thing that we do, but you know, especially for the for the kids, the kids absolutely get blown away when next minute I appear and yeah, and it's, it's and as I said that and just the way is. Um, because it's sometimes like it's a fucking tough message to get across and engage people like before work. Sometimes, sometimes you're like, oh fuck, I just want to get to work like another one of these. But the way, the way is choreograph the whole thing and yeah. having you can't there, and that's just uh, that's that's what made us all talk about yeah, it. Yeah. And it was um, it was really yeah. well done. I could, I could think not recommend it any more for people yeah. to get you involved. Yeah, we're talking to a couple of those guys afterwards, you know, and having a few, a few. Uh, a few little cool drinks afterwards, having a chat to them. It was great. They were they they were really personally hit by it. Uh, they were saying, you know, like the family. It made me think more about my family and my grandkids and, and, my grandkids and mm. I don't want this. And and it really got me to refocus a bit. And I think you know if we if Rod and that's what his aim is, obviously. Uh, you know, to, to the people that are in the mines and all of these other uh, big. Uh, organizations you know to make them really set up and have a look look you've got a responsibility now mm. you know you're not a young kid anymore well because like fifo mine and like we like we we go away we work hard and we get paid good money and so like, and unfortunately a lot of this cash we get ends up in the hands of uh people selling fucking mdma or coke yeah, or whatever yeah. like p like yeah. and look i've done it i hate hate to think the fucking money i've spent on drugs in my time but um you know i've come out the other end had kids i've got a all beautiful wife awesome family and yeah. i don't i don't need to take drugs to feel good anymore because yeah. I've, I've got it naturally but i just i wish i could go back and not have taken them and not yeah. I, don't, I wish i didn't have this life experience to yeah. pass on yeah. Yeah. but unfortunately i do and uh, i don't know i guess i guess my message to people that are listening is uh, if you if you are in that situation, look for something else to make you happy in life. Whether it's that's right. there's a lots good of misses, things, a yeah. family, like you know, yeah. and um, and because that's all I've taken yeah. it for. I, I was I was I, I took drugs to make me feel better about myself because I didn't yeah. Yeah. have it normally. Um, yeah. but, but there's ways yeah. around. There. Yeah, there's lots of ways of getting a high, and and you know if you're motivated in in in, in playing a sport or. Or doing something, and or, or with your kids, and being involved with your kids, you you, all, you go through different stages in your life, and and it, you know you get highs from all those different stages. And yeah. uh, I think a lot of people don't recognise what they can get out of family and mm. and that sort of thing. Well, I've um, certainly had a fantastic um, time with Preston, you know, yeah. as, a, as a young kid, and uh, and and his daughter, and that sort of thing. Just fantastic life, yeah. and uh, was enjoying it immensely with him. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's the sort of th the real story that comes true there. You know, don't let it go. Don't yeah. don't let this happen to you. Yeah, and well, on top of that, it's don't think it couldn't happen to you. No, that's right. No, and that's because it. it can. Yeah, and that'd be the like as you said. You look, you look at Preston, like because unfortunately, yeah. these like one percent things happen to the to the greatest people like, yeah. like it's just like that's, that's the worst right. thing you had look at him he was just a looks like he's just an absolute fucking legend um it's yeah, yeah no good. no family no child is bulletproof it's um, exactly right and yeah. it can happen and can just happen like that at a split decision you know Preston's having a good time blah 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 oh look just try this mate oh yeah all right it only make mm. you, you know bang 
and, yeah. and it's as simple as that. It's mm. not, and it's not really a, a decision. But as Rod says, if he uh, had uh, a little bit of knowledge, uh, known about known about what's in it, yeah. and uh, or even have the alert app, oh, I'll check that out. Oh shit! It says don't take this one. Mm. Mm. Well, because it's not, it's acknowledging the fact that sometimes it's not the drugs that'll kill you; it's the state that you're in. You might get yeah. hit by a fucking car or something. Like, yeah, that's right. I remember, like you know, when you're in that state, you're completely oblivious to traffic or other people around you. Like, yeah, I could have exactly. like, died from another reason very easily. So exactly I'll right, coming yeah. out unscathed. Thank God. It's um, yeah. Hopefully, I can promote other people not to do yeah. the same thing. Exactly, so, it's a good message. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and you're doing your thing too, Matt, with with your podcast. I mean, you're trying to make a difference. Yeah, and look, look, I get and I get more euphoria out of this. So yeah, look, if you if you're taking drugs, you want to get it off, go start a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, do, that'll do the job. But it's yeah. um, yeah, it's for ever everyone's different, and unfortunately, you got to make the make your mind up yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's but but you know. Side effect and the stuff you're doing, a, you're just you're, you're pushing people in that direction that they get to that stage a bit quicker, hopefully. Yeah, well, they've just so, got to make they've got to make that decision themselves, and yeah. especially parents. And I keep pushing that. You know, parents need to be educated too. How can you educate your kids if you don't know yourself? Yeah. And yeah. the quicker they learn, and the quicker they can get a you know get a grip on that and open those lines of communication, the, the quicker we're going to have results. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, mate, I, I always forget. I should put this at the start, just say so, like a big fucking message. Say so, if you just want to get yous on site, because hopefully everyone's tuned in for the whole yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah where where give us the big bloody promo if you're going to get a side effect present. Who the and I'll say this after everything. Who the fuck wouldn't want to get yous out there yeah. after this? Yeah, well, it's a bit like um, bit like a feature film when we do yeah. it. Sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate. We just the side effect website. Just go to sideeffect.org.au and yep. You can just leave your contact details, and you know we can uh, we can get in contact with you, and yeah, and and yeah, let's talk about you know getting to some places. Yeah, yeah, worth it. Yeah, and look, as I said, one of the best presentations I've ever seen on a mine site, and the impact. Um, and so yeah. Yeah, if you if you don't believe Rod and that, you can believe me because I've I've got no vested interest in this. Did you but, see uh, him come up and buy us any bees that night? I don't think he did. Nah, because I would. I was going to come and hand you a business card to get you on this, but I thought I'd give you a break up there. <laughs> <laughs> should have us a beer. I've got a, I've got some frozen cold chooks. You can have a bush <laughs> no, chook before you leave today. So yeah, right. I'll get them colder here. So yeah, nah, thanks so- for the invite, mate. It's, it's it's great to have a talk and be sort of you know. Not as formal. It's good to, to have it just to yeah, no, chat. Yeah, no, I myself on not being too formal at all. Yeah. So, I had to, as I said, every time I greet people at the door when they come in, I've got no shoes on. I, I, I always <laughs> got, I've got to think of them rocking up bare feet. So, anyway, I've got my thongs on now. We're all good. So, nah, yeah. thanks thanks so much for no worries, coming mate. on and bloody coming to meet a complete stranger. I think it's been a bloody good yeah. chat. Yeah. Excellent, mate. We'll all be famous after this, hopefully. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, anyway, mate. Thanks, very thanks buddy. Thanks, mate. Oh, better thanks get mate. you across the room there, mate. <laughs> thanks, mate. Too thanks. easy. Yeah, mate. Righto, unreal chat. Thanks very much, Rod and Dr. Waterman. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully uh, someone got something out of that. Oh, Dev, of course you, of course you fucking would. So, as I said, can't recommend getting side effect up enough to do a prezzo at your mind side or your business or wherever. Check them out, www.sideeffect.org.au. That's S-I-D-E-F-F-E-C-T. Check them out, book them in, buy a fucking shirt, a life of mine one, not a side effect one. 
if they sell them, buy one of them too. Righto, hooroo everyone, stay safe, get off the gear.